Hello, welcome, and thanks for checking in today to No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. I'm an Airbnb ambassador and 17-time super host, and I've hosted over 1,000 reservations. I'm a stay-at-home mom of two under two and manage my eight listings remotely. My mission is to help new and experienced vacation rental hosts turn their listings into fully booked, profitable properties that can be managed from anywhere, so you too can have no vacancies. If that sounds good to you, let's get right into the show. Friends don't let friends pay full price for furniture. And guess what? We're friends. We are STR besties. And that is why I'm not going to let you jump off of this podcast episode without joining Minoan. Minoan is a 100% free service for hosts to use that allows you to shop from your favorite furniture brands, the ones that are always on your wish list, always on your mood board, but you think that they're out of price, Pottery Barn, Crate and Barrel, Parachute Linens. Yeah, those ones. Guess what? You can shop those at 30, 40, 50, even 60% off with Minoan, which again is a completely free service to use. All you have to do is shop on your favorite websites, install the Minoan Chrome extension before you do, and anytime that you are on a partnered website of Minoan, you will see the little Chrome extension pop up. That means that you can get discounts on that furniture. Instead of adding it to cart on the Pottery Barn site, Add it to cart on your Minoan dashboard, request a quote, and see those discounts roll in. If you're sitting there and you're like, okay, Natalie, this sounds amazing, sounds too good to be true, but I don't know what to shop for. I don't know how to put a room together. I am not a designer, and I don't have a good eye for that. Fear not, because right now you can go to the Minoan dashboard and shop the Level Up Your Listing and Minoan Get the Look brand collaboration. This was Tatiana, Taylor Tate, and myself who went through and put together a completely done-for-you design featuring two bedrooms, a living room, a dining room, and an outdoor space all using products that you can get discounts on through Minoan. We took all of the guesswork out for you down to the quantity and the number of things that you need to order to fit your space. So go to the Minoan dashboard, you will see our banner image pop up and click on the level up your listing brand collaboration where you can get the look that we put together with some of our favorite pieces from our favorite brands that are currently trending right now. So you know that your listing is going to look fabulous. Pick and choose whatever you want. You do not have to order from the entire collection that we put together, but it's a really good starting point if you are feeling lost on how to style your place. Tatiana and I had so much fun putting these looks together. So if you need a little bit of inspiration, go ahead to Minoan today at the link in my show notes so that you can go start shopping for yourself and check out that collaboration we did so you can get the look. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. And today's episode is all about Love is Blind Season 4. Irina, Micah, what are our thoughts on that? Zach and Bliss, who thought that they were going to say yes and actually make it in just a two-week engagement? Okay, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But we are going to talk about Netflix's major screw-up with the live streaming and what this has to do with STRs and why I'm talking about this at all. This is still a short-term rental show. Don't worry, okay? But Netflix has been top of mind for me since Sunday evening when they pissed me the F off because I was there at 5 p.m. Pacific time. 
I was there. I was sitting in front of the TV. I had my popcorn. I had my Reese's cups. Eric had taken the girls on a walk to give me some alone time to watch this reunion in peace. And two hours later, and I still could not stream it. In fact, I was never able to watch it that night. I had to freaking wait until the next day, Monday, later, Monday evening, when Eric came home from work. And then finally, I was able to get the girls off my hands and be able to watch my reunion in peace. 24 hours later, I was pissed, okay? And I know that I was not the only person that Netflix pissed off that night. Why am I talking about this? What does this have to do with short-term rentals? Fear not, I will tell you. Today's episode is actually going to be a little bit of a rehash of my speech at Level Up Your Listing Summit. So if you were an attendee there or you purchased the replays, you would have already heard a version of this. But I think it's important to bring it back and Netflix's major streaming fiasco brought this back top of mind for me. So let me back up. And for those of you that are not Love is Blind fans, that were not tuned in on your couch like an idiot Sunday night waiting for a live stream that never came, let me tell you what's going on. So the romance reality TV show, Love is Blind, they just wrapped up season four, and they were supposed to have a live reunion on Netflix this past Sunday. And this would have been the second live event to ever take place on Netflix, the first being Chris Rock's comedy special. So this is very new territory for Netflix, and I think it's really interesting to see that Netflix kind of destroyed live TV, and now they are realizing that I think people miss tuning into something at the same time and the live tweeting that comes with it, and they're wanting to step back into that and recreate that on a streaming platform. So I actually love that Netflix is venturing into this. However, what went wrong was that this was supposed to live stream at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. That time came and went. About five minutes after, there was just nothing happening on screen. It just kept being an error message. It wouldn't load. And Netflix tweets out and says, hey, we're so sorry there's a delay. We will be on 15 after the hour. Hang tight. The 15 minutes came and went. Nothing happened. Kept getting error messages. And people started getting pissed. And they got their live tweets that they wanted. But not for the reasons that they wanted. It wasn't about the juicy tea that was spilled. People were going ballistic. I was watching the live stream on Instagram from the Love is Blind account, reading the comments on there, and people were livid. All the comments I was reading just kept saying over and over, Netflix, if you couldn't handle the bandwidth of this, if you couldn't handle this many live people coming and crashing the site, you should have just released it like a regular episode. That's what we all fell in love with Netflix for. That's what we all come here for. If you couldn't handle it, you should have just released it like a regular episode. And I agree. I commend them for trying this new thing. And I think from a marketing perspective, it is smart to dabble back in the live streaming. But if you could not handle it and you didn't have the basic tech done to handle the amount of people, you were better off just releasing the episode like any normal episode. And here's where... I tie this back into STRs. Right now, there is so much talk on social media. If you follow any TikToks or Instagrams or listen to other podcasts out there on STR strategy and how to be the best host you can, over and over, I'm seeing so many hosts talk about adding more and more amenities. Add this, add 15 types of coffee makers, add a hot tub, add a hammock, add this and this, all of these amenities. And the truth is, I see so many hosts that do not even have a basic grip on their current operations who are stretching themselves thin, trying to add on these extra things before they can even handle what they are currently running. If you do not have five stars across the board and cleanliness on your current situation, 
what are you doing out here trying to add more amenities and more things to clean? If you do not have five stars in communication right now, what are you doing out here trying to add extra things that you'll need to communicate with your guests on? I am not saying to not add extra amenities and elevate your experience. Like I said, I actually commend Netflix for trying this. And I think if they had pulled it off, it would have been amazing. But if they had just released this reunion episode, like a basic episode on a certain day with no hitches, nobody would have complained. Nobody would have felt like they were missing a live reunion. That is not what we've come to Netflix for. We would have been okay without it. But because they ventured off into this and screwed it up royally, horribly, to the point where it was hours and hours late. Apparently, some people were able to watch it Sunday night. I couldn't. It kept crashing. I literally could not watch it until 24 hours later. So infuriating to be the person on the receiving end of that when I know I would have just been fine with them releasing a basic normal episode. So right now, you need to seriously ask yourself, if you do not have a basic grip on your hosting operations, if you've had times where you are providing a coffee maker and Guests have mentioned that there are grounds or an old coffee filter left in the coffee maker or that it doesn't seem clean or you've ever had an issue with the current coffee maker not working or you're a cleaner not putting out enough coffee for the next guest. Don't be out here trying to suddenly also add a French press and a basic coffee maker and an espresso. You need to figure out your operations on your one current standard coffee maker that you have and you need to apply this to everything. Netflix pissed off so many subscribers because of this. They lost $3 billion in their stock since Sunday night when this happened for something that nobody even asked for. It would have been cool if they did it, but nobody out here was even asking for this. We just wanted the content. Your guests right now want basic, clean accommodations with clear communication. That is the baseline. And if you are having struggles providing that, you have no business being out here adding on these extra things because they sound cool. Now, before you start yelling at me through your headphones and you're like, Natalie, okay, I need to add these extra amenities because that's the only way to be competitive and bookings are down and I have to have all of the things or no one's going to book my place. Before you start yelling that at me, I want to read off some numbers for you. And again, this is I'm pulling this from my Level Up Your Listing Summit speech. So if you were there live or caught the replays, you've heard this, but never hurts to hear it again. I want to bring up two very popular fast food chain restaurants and talk about a little something here. McDonald's does 2.6 million per restaurant per year. Chick-fil-A does 5.2 million per restaurant per year, double. 5.2 versus 2.6. Chick-fil-A does double. And here's the catch. McDonald's has 49 items on their menu and Chick-fil-A has 12. So they are doing this. They are bringing in double revenue with only a quarter of the items on their menu. So I do not want to hear anybody out there saying that they need more things and more options for people in order to stay competitive. Let's focus on doing fewer things, but doing them so much better. So again, we're talking fast food chain restaurants right now. How do we apply this to short-term rentals? Let me tell you. Let's take, for example, if you are a bachelorette party house and you are crushing it, you are booked every single weekend and all of your amenities are tailored in so perfectly for your clientele, for bachelorette party guests. Would you go and add a pack and play and a high chair and start baby-proofing your cabinets? 
That makes no sense. Technically, yes, you are checking off other amenities. Okay, maybe you could argue it's going to put you up higher in the Airbnb algorithm because you're checking off more boxes. But these are boxes that nobody is asking for. Nobody booking a bachelorette house wants a pack and play, a high chair, or baby-proofed cabinets. Now, let's say that in adding these amenities on, you end up getting a family to book your place. Are they going to be happy when they check into this place because they saw that it had baby equipment, so they think that it fits their needs, but they get there and there is framed pictures of champagne bottles everywhere and maybe a mural that says, I do crew. You've so missed the mark on appealing to this type of guest that when they get there, they're going to feel like the place is not a right fit for them and it's going to cause issues. Now let's say that guest ends up using the pack and play, using the high chair, some food gets caked on there, and your cleaner, with her standard operating procedures, goes in, cleans the listing, makes sure that there's no confetti, no alcohol bottles left in the coolers outside, no confetti left behind. Your cleaner's going through doing her job. This nice family put away this pack and play in this high chair, and the cleaner doesn't think to look on there for spit up or caked on food because this is an amenity that never gets used. Next time you have a family come and they pull that out, if there's caked on food or spit up on there, they're going to be so grossed out. Don't provide these amenities if you cannot make sure that they're 100% perfect. These are things that nobody is asking for. Okay, and again, I'm running with this bachelorette experience. Maybe in your case, it's the opposite and you need to have the high chair and the pack and play. Don't go out here suddenly putting in a beer pong table in your place, okay? So you need to figure out your ideal clientele. But make sure that the amenities you're providing for your audience, you are actually doing them well. Don't start adding things that literally no one is asking for at your property. Here's another example I want to give. I just heard from a host who does a personalized card, leaves out a personalized note for every single one of her guests for every stay. Very lovely touch. Sounds wonderful. Apparently... This is so bad. I should just make this the Am I the Airbnb hole. So she had somebody book from an account, a guy booked from an account. Let's just make up fake names. The account was him and his wife or girlfriend. I don't know. The account was, let's say, Dave and Megan. Okay. So Dave books this place. The account's name is Dave and Megan. So she wrote this really nice, thoughtful card. Dave and Megan, welcome so much. Thank you for booking my place. They checked in and Dave did not bring Megan with him. Okay, he brought another woman. I don't know who is the wife, who's the mistress, who's what. For all we know, Dave and Megan could have totally broken up and he was not cheating or doing anything wrong. He just never knew how to change the account settings on his Airbnb. And now there was a new woman there who was not Megan. And he messaged this host to basically say, why the heck did you address this to this person? My my girlfriend just saw it and she's pissed. Why are we doing these extra things? that no one is asking for if we can't do them 100% perfectly. He never asked for this card. It's a cute touch when it's well done and executed well, but he would have never missed this card if it was not there. But now because of this, what are the problems that this is going to have? And I felt bad because this host DM'd me about this situation and asked for my advice. And my honest advice was, yeah, you probably deserve a one-star review for that. I don't know what to tell you. That sucks to be in that position. That sucks to be on the receiving end of that as a guest. Why are we doing these extra things, you guys, that no one is asking for? Chick-fil-A is bringing in twice as much as McDonald's with only 12 items on the menu. 
McDonald's does half of the amount Chick-fil-A does with 49 items, four times as many. There's so much more food waste that comes from that, so much more inventory management. We're adding all these extra things that probably people are not ordering as much of. Hone down your menu and give people what they really want. Hone down your menu and understand what your clientele is coming to you for. In this case, I don't think that her clients were booking her listing because they liked the personalized note. Scrap it. Cut it. You don't need it. It's causing too much stress. It's something that you're worried about between every single guest. And in this case, it caused a lot more problems than if it had never been there. Netflix, if you can't handle the live stream, don't do it. Release the episodes like normal. Don't get everybody's hopes up. Don't spend all this money on all this marketing to have us sit on our couch for two hours like idiots. While I'm harping on about Netflix too, there's actually another analogy I just thought of regarding streaming services that I think that we can take and apply to STRs right now. Netflix was the number one streaming service for so long, for years. And it almost seemed like a market that nobody could get into. Hulu was there, Amazon Video was there, but it really seemed like Netflix was dominating. And it is crazy how recently Paramount+, Plus, HBO, so many others have popped up with actual good content that people are obsessed with. White Lotus, Yellowstone, Succession. There are so many good shows coming out right now on these other platforms. And Netflix still has way more options than any of these other platforms. But how many times have we heard people say, or maybe you felt this yourself, I just sat on Netflix scrolling for 30 minutes, not knowing what to watch to just land on a show or a movie I've seen a hundred times. There's a certain point where you're offering too much that it's just too overwhelming and people don't know how to take it in and make sense of it. Again, let's go back to this example of the bachelorette party or the family house. If you are providing a bachelorette experience and then also have it listed that you have a pack and play high chair and baby proof cabinets, you might be thinking that you're out here just checking off more boxes. You are causing so much more confusion for your customer. They don't know what to make of you. If somebody is looking to book a bachelorette party house, they are just going to go book a place that focuses on that exclusively and is a perfect fit for them. And if somebody is traveling with a baby, they're just going to go book the baby-friendly place. You're not doing anyone any favors by mixing this clientele. You're creating confusion. You're offering so much that people don't know what to turn to. It's crazy how HBO Max came onto the scene and actually is putting up a fight with Netflix right now, actually stealing some of their customers. When I was watching the comments come out from everybody pissed about this Love is Blind reunion fail... So many of the comments said, all right, I got to dip in 15 minutes because I need to go watch Succession. With way fewer shows and pieces of produced content, HBO is putting up a damn good fight against Netflix's business right now. They really are with way fewer pieces of content because they came in and they made actual good, engaging content, quality things. And I think that there is something to be said for offering fewer options to people where they can actually sit down and make sense of it and pick something to watch. Netflix has put out so many shitty shows and cheesy movies and TV shows that have one season run and never get renewed and we're all bored of it. So do not feel like because you're coming on new to the scene, the only way to compete is by offering all this extra stuff. If you're in a market that's saturated, you're coming on, you have a newer listing, Take this as a sign to come in and do fewer things, but do them much better. Follow the HBO model, follow the Chick-fil-A model. Do fewer things and do them much better. Scale down the amenities that you're offering. 
and make sure that you are offering clean, working things that are restocked and you have clear communication on how to use everything in the home. That is baseline. And then from there, if you want to go ahead and slowly add more amenities that make sense for your audience, go ahead and do that. But you are going to burn yourself out if you are just adding so many things, hyping people up, over-promising, and under-delivering. So if you feel like your operations have been bad right now, maybe you're getting a lot of complaints lately that, uh, what's an example? Dishes are getting put back in the cabinets and they're not clean. Maybe you need to go through and remove some of your dishes. Maybe you're offering a chef's kitchen right now, but that's not even what your clientele is really booking. And you have all these extra kitchen gadgets that aren't really getting used. They just get used one time and get food crusted on them and are put back not perfectly. Remove those things. Unless you are actually advertising a chef's kitchen and that is truly your ideal client, then go in and redo your cleaning operations, talk to your cleaner, and make sure that your chef's kitchen is perfect. But if that's not even what people are booking for, and you're in an area where people mostly go out to eat, stop stressing yourself out and offering this whole decked out kitchen. You don't need all of that. If that's not who your clientele is, you don't need all of that. So let's take a lesson from HBO and Chick-fil-A. Let's go ahead and crush Netflix and McDonald's out here, who are first on the scene and have been dominating for a long time. Let's go in, let's make more money, let's offer fewer things, but let's do them better. And finally, for this week's Am I the Airbnb Hole, I know that I just dropped in a piece of content that would have been so good for this section with the personal note that was left for the guest who did not bring the right woman with him. But I did find another really good contender for this week's Am I the Airbnb Hole. So we are going to leave that where it belongs in this episode. And I have another piece of content for you right now. So these are some screenshots that a host posted to a Facebook group messages between him and a guest here we go the guest said my room's on the first floor has something bad happened there the guest said hi yes your apartment is on the first floor what happened question mark guest i saw a ghost for 10 full minutes at 1 a.m host sorry ghost where let me come meet you are you at the apartment okay That was that. That's what he posted for the screenshots. The host said, after hosting for 12 years on Airbnb and hosting around 10,000 guests, I thought I had seen it all. I was wrong. What got me about this was the comments. People came through with the comments and I was dying laughing at these. This guy, Jason, commented, the ghost was supposed to check out by 11 a.m. Summer said, did you ask if it was a service ghost? You can legally ask him what tasks the service ghost performs for him. Eric commented, please reply, your reservation was for one person. You need to pay the extra fee if you brought a ghost with you. Oh, you guys are so funny. Okay. So who is the Airbnb hole in this situation? A lot of you are going to think that I'm going to say the ghost is the Airbnb hole because it came in and scared this guest and might cause this host a bad review. But no, the Airbnb hole in this scenario is actually the host because I don't understand why the host did not ask way more questions. I want to know, what kind of ghost was this? Was this a little girl ghost? Were these twin ghosts? Was this an adult creepy pirate ghost? Like, we need way more questions about what kind of ghost it was. I want to know exactly what the ghost was wearing. I want to know if they were just sitting in a corner, creepy, or were they like, come play with me? I want all the details on the ghost, and I don't know why the host 
did not, maybe he went and asked more questions, but based on the screenshots he provided, I don't see that. All he said was, sorry, ghost, where? Let me come meet you. Are you at the apartment? You are the Airbnb hole. I don't know how you don't have way more questions for this guest. If I were the host, you better believe this post would have ended with a full-on history of the home, any burial grounds that this home happened to be built on top of, history of this area, a full detailed report from every single owner that has previously owned the property. There's absolutely no way that I would have just left it at, sorry, ghost, where? Let me come meet you. Are you in the apartment? No. I would have been calling, like, the county. I would have tried to get every single previous permit and the entire history of this home and see what kind of ghost was this who was living there i would have been facetiming my guest in that second asking them all of the juicy details and i know that there's something to be said for not engaging with crazy if this guest was just hallucinating but i just personally if i were the host i could not leave it at that i would have to get to the bottom of this and every one of those details would be included in this post so this host is the Airbnb hole for teasing what could have been such a juicy story and then just leaving us with nothing. Very disappointing. But at least the comments on this came through. I am dying at that. You can, <laughs> did you ask if it was a service ghost? You can legally ask him what tasks the service ghost performs. I love that. And with that, it is now checkout time. Thanks for listening and I'll see you back here next week. Lastly, as Airbnb hosts, we all can appreciate a good five-star review. So you already know a great review on this podcast would mean so much to me. Please subscribe, review, share, and connect with me in the show notes below. Bye!